Oh, okay. I have I have corrections actually. I need to issue some <laughs> corrections off the top from like I mean it's probably the last episode Sorry. because I think I just haven't done it because we haven't done one. But these are fairly important. I felt one. We were talking about life is a highway and how we figured that Tom Cochran probably didn't even write it. He did write it. It just happened that he also wrote the rest of that garbage. So oh. he happened to accidentally. So it's more the, you know, he accidentally Lightning wrote a great struck. song once. Right. Lightning, Lightning struck, struck once. Once and never shall again. And then the other correction is that gutta gutta does actually go by gutta gutta. Yeah. There's two guttas in that his was name. Really, that was really my bad. Well, no, I, I, I didn't know either, though. I was I was curious. And I so I looked it up because I was like, because it did sound in the song like he's just doing it to fit the rhyme scheme and the rhythm. <laughs> and it's like... But no. But, his, but why would he go out of his way to do that right. in that one instance? Especially because he like, the rest of the time was so bad. Song. Grocery bag. Um, all right. <laughs> so those are the corrections. Uh, so we're going to talk about a whole bunch of shows. I don't even know where. Who wants to start? What's I can, the oldest? I, I, the oldest one is Ivan's, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, let's start yeah. with Ivan's then because. Yeah. Maybe. Well, yeah. I remember it. So mid, let's start with mid Ivan's. July. Uh, so, so let's. Should we talk about what Ivan does? Yeah, so Ivan plays um, in a variety of loud, noisy, weird things, but the the uh, like drugs of faith, um, and but I think his longest running project is sort of like his solo, or at times there's other people, but it's his thing, you know. Uh, it's called Imminent Voiceless. Mm. So he's probably been doing this for almost a decade now, I would say, or at least I've been going to Imminent Voiceless shows for like a decade, and. So it's always some like really noisy, um, knob, twiddly stuff. It's not like a couple of the shows. Like he played one at Lucky Chang's back when they still had noise shows in the basement, mm. and when they still existed. Right when they existed, right <laughs> gone. And that, man, this one show he played at Lucky Chang's was like that was one of the best noise shows I've ever seen. It was amazing. Um, but so anyway, it was his birthday, and he he'd said, "What did he say on the invite?" He said something like. No one, he goes, I know last year someone fell into the Gowanus, you know, off of my boat. And he's like. Oh, we went to that party. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but we weren't there. We, we, we left before, I guess, it like went overboard. Damn. So, we predicted it. We were like, oh, yeah, as soon as because, we got there, we're like, somebody's going in the river. Well, because <laughs> when you, to get on the boat, it's <laughs> right. like that slat of well, it was plywood. like a two foot gap that you have to jump right. over well, to. It just seemed, yeah, it seemed like a bad idea. But so we all did it. Um, and he was, and he was like, he was like, we got to try to top that. I'm playing a show for my birthday. So it was at. Um, uh, Transpacos, right? Yeah. So mm. if you don't know where this is, you take the L out to like Halsey, and then you walk towards Queens, and um, the place is like, I don't know. It's it's just dark. It's just some space in Brooklyn, and then it has this like quote unquote garden in the back, I guess, that reeks of Chinese food. <laughs> Uh, so like you sit in a church pew along the wall and watch a noise <laughs> show and then you go out to the smelly Chinese garden that actually sounds yeah. awesome uh, so it was pretty awesome um, so Chris uh, Chris Labuti opened and then and then Ivan did his thing and it's one of those just like you really like, if you don't know what I'm talking about there's no way that I can explain to you what this was it's just like really yeah. dense noisy Electronic it's like stuff. right, so it's like if you imagine electronic music, 
but instead it's it's like kind of just going for the opposite of what the majority of electronic music is going for. Right, there's no beat. There's no beat. Uh it's, you know, avoiding tonality, avoiding pitches if possible. There's a lot of just sort of like, you know, well, sometimes there's a high pitched whine. Yeah, yeah. But there's, you know, there's a lot it's a lot a lot of uh, a lot of knob tweaking, a lot of uh you know. But yeah, it's pretty brave play a show on your birthday. It's a good deal. So yeah. that was that was that was cool. I'm glad we went. It could have done without the Chinese food smell, but yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. There's like a uh, some dumpsters back there too, who are like it might not even be like right. It might not Chinese even be food. fresh Chinese food. It might food. be. Is this was rotting. on like a Sunday night? Too. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, Chinese place might have been closed by then. We we may have just been getting the true New York experience. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So that there's not a ton to say about that. So then the next show was um I think it was, uh, Nail Blue Scaris and and Black Crown Initiate at Gramercy. So mm-hmm. it was them two. Uh, ghoul and somebody else. So I don't even remember what the, who they, what they were called. They were super straightforward. Um, I mean, they were good at what they did, but it, it you know it's 1978 came and went. Uh, I didn't really care. But so ghoul is worth mentioning because so these guys, it's like they want to they want to be guar now. They have a very elaborate stage show. So. Uh, they're all dressed up. Is there fake blood? Uh, yes, there was. Sweet. <laughs> there, was there was not the volume of fake blood from uh, that you would expect at a Guar show. It was not uh, at least. Well, maybe a bunch of constraints. No, they did get some on the crowd. <laughs> they did get some on the crowd. Now that I think about it, but I was further back. So they they had this weird. Their whole set was like a story, I guess, because um, it was something about like Donald. It was supposed to be Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. But, uh, you know, they gave them, like, more, like, gruesome names or something that I don't... They weren't memorable. But so the guy playing Donald Trump, he looked like a bad guy from Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> okay, like, like he, you know, like gas... pixelated? Gas mask and flamethrower. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, and then Bernie Sanders was... Looked kind of like um, something out of like metroid or ninja turtles like like it was what? very it was very cartoony and they had this whole they had this whole thing part like it wasn't super effective because bernie was out of the race at this point yeah so but um but the thing that was weird was so i couldn't really tell so i don't i didn't know anything about this band and you know they were wearing hoods like you know like the mentors would or something and i posted on instagram i go I can't tell if these guys are racist or they're parodying racists. <laughs> and uh, heavy metal weatherman was like, they're parodying racists. He's like, they're, um, you know, he's he's like, explain the whole thing. And I was like, oh, okay. They're never parodying racists. Well, I don't know. But here's <laughs> but here's the thing. The band replied to my Instagram <laughs> nice. and nice. said, this was this is so classic. They go, uh. I feel like I should look it up just to be sure to get it right. But they said, then clearly you're not trying very hard. (laughs) And I was like, I wanted to respond. Yes. (laughs) Bingo. Nailed it. It's not your job to. Right. Of course, the onus is on on you, the listener, to make sure that this isn't racist. (laughs) It's like that controversy. There was this Portland band called Black Pussy. And they were all like white dudes. Of course, they they were being freaking out. And they're like, no, we're not racist. 
But you're from Portland. Portland, the it, yeah. Oregon, the state founded with a uh, racially segregative discriminatory <laughs> charter. Yeah. For yeah. those of you at home who don't know what I'm talking about, look this up. Look up the history of Oregon. You will, you yeah. will probably be shocked. I think it was illegal to live in Oregon if you were black until 1972. Well, and they had, they had like seventy fucking two. The, the Senate or whatever the it's in their constitution. Yeah, whatever the the state legislature was called, the state legislature had all these debates about well, what should we do with the Indians who are already here? Like, should we kick them out? And there was this thing where they were like, no, if they're here, I guess you can let them stay, but just they can't, like, they can't come to the big city. It was some w really bizarre stuff that, in retrospect, you know, history does not. They thought they were <laughs> sidestepping the race debate by uh, segregating their town, their their towns. Yeah, it was That's super really weird. weird. Um, so anyway, so, yeah, the... Uh, Okay, so then, so then, Black Crown Initiate. This was who I was there to see. So if you don't know these guys, they're probably, I would say, the best recent progressive and/or death metal band. They're from Pennsylvania, and uh, their EP, "Song of the Crippled Bull," is super amazing. It's really, really great. Highly recommend listening to that. And then they have two albums, which are also really good. Um, Wreckage of Stars, which uh, it's pretty good, and then the one that just came out, which they're touring in support of, uh, Selves We Cannot Forgive, I believe is the title. Mm -hmm. That one's really good. Highly recommend it, uh, especially the first and last tracks. I listened to a bunch of that one. Yeah, it's really, really, it's good. really good. That was that was how I got the idea for uh, if we did a prog power episode where we I describe a band I saw and then we play a much better, a better alternative. Yeah. Right. I was yes. listening to that and I was like, my first thought was like. Or we could, like, every song will just play a Black Crown Initiate song and say, <laughs> but this would have been better. <laughs> this would have been better. But, yeah. So, so they're one of these bands that has, uh, you know, harsh vocals and clean vocals. And unlike a lot of bands that do this, i.e. soil work, <laughs> they sound great live. Like, live, dead on. Dude can totally sing, in part because it's it's, they have a singer, and he sings mm. the harsh vocals. And then one of the guitar players sings the clean vocals. So it's not like, admittedly in soil work, I, I, you know, I don't think they even tried to have any clean vocals until like the third album. Oh yeah, it was and they way just cleaned in. him. They cleaned him up in the studio and live it just doesn't Yeah. Work. So they were super awesome. Their set was super awesome. And then they were like, okay, we got one more. And they played the entire EP. Nice. Yeah, it was it was it was great. Shit. Yeah, it was th that Should've show. Gone. Yeah, that show was amazing. That's probably the best show I've been to this year. However, there are two Meshuga shows coming up, so yes, hang in there, Meshuga. So then, <laughs> so the headliner was Nabla Viscaris. So, okay, a few things you gotta say about this band. If you don't know who this band is, there was kind of like an internet shitstorm when they tried to crowdfund their tour and so they're from australia uh, i'm pretty sure they're from australia they're they're australia or new zealand everyone who's from one of those places and and has me conflating the two probably hates me now but australia and <laughs> so uh and people were complaining about on their gofundme because it was this whole deal about 
well, like, why why should people pay for your tour? And why do you need a tour bus? Just you should just have a van, like everyone. And it's one of these deals, dude. If people want to give you money to do something, like let them do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if if no one gave them any money, like, sure, then I would kind of laugh at you, like, why did you try but that? But I think that's it what works. Right. Like, Stri- strictly speaking, if if you crowdfund something successfully. Anyone complaining about like you could say like those people are dumb for giving you money for that, but so what? Too late. They already did. Right. You can't be like mad at the band no, for doing it if even, it worked. Right. People weren't even. They. I didn't see anything negative about the backers. It was all about the band, and it's like whoa. Right. But it worked. Yeah. Also, so therefore, enough people agree with them crowdfunding that if you pay for the concert ticket, you are paying for the band to come there. Yeah. Exactly. If you want to pay more money. That it's the same as like a VIP ticket. It's up to right. you. And you're yeah. helping them offset the risk beforehand right. because yeah. that's a huge problem playing in a metal band or any band that's unknown and there's not really a market for is you're assuming an enormous risk and people say, well, a Beyonce tour is actually a larger risk because the production costs are so high. And it's like, well, yes, except the people funding it, if they lose all that money, they're fine. Yeah. Like most people who play in metal bands are already broke. Yeah. Plus, you know, like 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 a venue's not going to stiff Beyonce, right? She's going to get well, her guarantee she and whatever. Them. Yeah, I mean, right. the, like, but like know, a band is going to be like, you can try to even have to. The right. label will sue them. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So so props to them. The big machine will sue. You. Yeah. Now, okay. So now, full disclosure. I don't like this band. <laughs> uh, and the thing was, I found out about this band. So when I was in D.C., I was dating this girl and uh, she was in a metal and her brother was in a metal and her brother wanted to go see Nail Scaris. And so, you know, like he had just moved to D.C. So he didn't he didn't know anybody. Uh, it's like he had just graduated and it was, you know, summer. And he was like. Uh, do you want to go to the show with me? And I was like, uh, I haven't heard this band. Let me check them out. And then I go, uh, you paying for my ticket? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then he turns to his sister because she she started dating me like pretty soon after she'd broken up with like her longtime boyfriend. And he goes, you getting back together with your ex? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty funny. But uh, so anyway, I didn't I didn't go to the show because my perception of this band, like I looked them up on YouTube and the song that had all the views was like way too long. It was, I don't know. It was definitely seven over minutes, definitely over 10. Wow. Maybe oh. over 15. Like It was super long. And they had a violin and it was just one of these deals where it was like the it really seemed like they all just wanted to show you how how much they could play and they hadn't really thought about like here's maybe how you write a song and Jeff Hotel? what it, well <laughs> dream, dream theater right. right it was total it was very dream theater ish and like it has a, you know just everyone playing too many notes and and it's not your run-of-the-mill too many notes it's like yes we play all the notes however they also come in these flavors <laughs> uh, so uh so my thought was, okay, I'll I'll stay for two songs so I have something to make fun of on the podcast. But then their set was actually really enjoyable. And so I'm sitting there, I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, these guys sound really good. You know, they didn't like overuse the violin. The sound, this was at, um, uh, this was at, uh, where was this? Was this Irving Plaza? 
for Gramercy. I don't this know. Was, this was at Gramercy. Uh, so it was at Gramercy, and I was actually really impressed because the sound's usually not great there, and it was really good. And Black Trout and Shit, sound, actually all the bands sounded really good, and they sounded really good. Violin sounded great, which is rare. Uh, and again, they have two singers. They have harsh vocals and clean vocals, and the uh, clean vocals were done by the violin player, so he was, it's not like he was playing violin all the time. Uh, a lot of times he, he was just singing. And they sounded really good, and I ended up staying for the whole set, and I was like, man, that was like that was really good and really unexpected because I thought I was just going to make fun of him. <laughs> so I went home, and I, was, I thought, okay, I need to listen to the other album because I'd only listened to the one. So maybe they just only played new stuff, and they're way better now? Mm. No. <laughs> so, so the deal is, you, it's when you listen to the disc, it's really apparent how one-dimensional the vocals are. So the their harsh vocals, it's literally like the dude has he just figured out how to do this one thing, and so it's all it's he's basically his growl is monotone, and it but it's not a super awesome one that you, that sounds so cool that you don't care that it's monotone. Yeah, just, just a like, mediocre. Monotone oh, it's growl. the same thing all the time, and also the 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 clean vocalist, like. This dude is really pretty, okay? <laughs> Actually, him and the other vocalists are both, are both like, very pretty dudes, but the one guy is, like, the very pretty goth dude, and he does the harsh vocals, and uh, but the, the other guy, he looks, like, um, kind of like a young George Michael, but updated, like, 30 years later, and so maybe he'd be, like, in a shampoo commercial. Um, and, and so on the disc... Like they just produce, it just sound he just sounds really pretty on the disc, you know. It's just, and it's it's just like <laughs> he sounds like what he looks like. Yeah, it, live, you okay. know, it's the the imperfections creep in, and I think actually did him a favor. Hmm. Uh, but on the disc, it's just it's almost like they're a Beauty and the Beast band, even though it's <laughs> it's two dudes. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Um. Wow. But that's the thing is they are really good players. Well, they just need to learn to write a song and that dude needs to 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 get some range. So it I mean like if you love Dream Theater uh, but also will listen to harsh vocals, I guess check this band out, but uh even even if you don't and I don't really recommend you check them out, the live show was was definitely worth it. It was it was pretty cool, but that's I'm going to leave my <laughs> my listening experience to that um okay so then the next show i went to was also at gramercy which was carcass so uh oh i i hold on i need to mention one thing before before we move on uh from this was the uh they did they did the 80s lean move you know (laughs) where two dudes who were playing go back to back and lean into each other and like bitter shoulder blades yeah 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 (laughs) and they also were really insistent upon the crowd like hey gang vocals oh, were their sleeveless shirts because hey. that's usually the, oh the the, right. the uh the death vocals the goth dude yeah, yeah. he he did not have sleeve. <laughs> so they they I, okay this their outfits bear mentioning though so they did the they dressed like they were actual performers in the sense that they all just wore all black and not like i'm wearing a metal t-shirt they just they wore performers clothes except for the fact 
that that dude's shirt didn't have sleeves. <laughs> but, He's like, but nah, it, can't but have it, sleeves. But it didn't look like he just cut the sleeves off some t-shirt. It looked like he had a garment made <laughs> that just didn't have sleeves. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like when you see Leprous, right? They wear The dude's wearing a three-piece suit, only he's missing the piece of the jacket. Yeah. right? So he just has the vest. This guy was like, I'm going to take this a step further. I'm going to have this vest shirt thing with no sleeves. It's made. like I arrived in a three-piece suit, but now it's time to rock, so I had to take my jacket off. <laughs> That's the leprous look. <laughs> oh, and now that, now that I'm thinking about this, the bass player also did the thing where uh, he had the fan like blowing up into <laughs> yes. him. The vibe fan. But he, but he wasn't doing it all like 80s slow motion. He had this grin on his face like, Hey guys, I got this fan blowing on me. Isn't that cool? Yeah, heavy metal. <laughs> Death metal band. <laughs> that shit out. Well, they were. It was almost like Riverdance, the metal band. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm serious because oh, man, I really because, gotta hear these because guys. he would play the violin and it was they would like these weird like Gaelic things and then he they would do he get the clapping. It, no, it really huh. it really was like Riverdance, the metal band. It mm. was weird. Um but I don't know. I don't know. Live, it worked. It bizarrely, for whatever reason, but despite all the weirdness, I was I was not leaving. I stayed for the whole mm. set. But yeah, don't go listen to him on disc. <laughs> okay, so sorry. So the uh, so then it was Carcass, which was also at Gramercy. Um, so the band that opened was Night Demon, and what? yeah, so they were super straight ahead, like. Like, like 1981 metal rock like. well no they were no because they weren't even like, yeah maybe because they're like proto metal right, right. they were like a they they were a power trio um they sounded good but again it's like the 70s are over you know right. like like if you like motorhead and you think that is the epitome of music but you're sick of listening to motorhead like <laughs> check these guys out like just from the name i i figured that's exactly what they sound like and that's a little upsetting yeah it's uh yeah, it was not it was not great. Um, and then so Carcass come out and um, only one opener. I, I can't even remember. There might have been another band. That's this is how it's. First of all, it's been a while. And right. also whatever band it was clearly didn't make an impression. Um, so so they come out. And now the thing is, they're still technically touring in sport of surgical steel, which came out five years ago right which in carcass time doesn't seem that long because you know hard work was what 93 92 so by comparison it's still the new album (laughs) however i've seen them this this was the third time i'd seen them since uh surgical steel came out so i've basically seen this set twice already I mean, if you can pull that off and get people to show up like oh yeah Yeah. there were there were tons there were tons of people there and uh, I was wearing my, uh, like, the most Miami Vice thing that I can sort of wear to the office. <laughs> that, that you know, I don't know if you guys know was that. Was it white? Yeah, that white, that <laughs> yes. white sport coat I have that kind of looked, yeah. look, looks distressed. And the pink shirt, and then I had my black jeans on. And this t- super drunk, like, party mosh dude comes up to me. And he, at first, he was like trying to, he was like trying to screw with me. But then, like, I went along with it. I played along. So he's like, okay. So he wasn't gonna screw with me. And he goes, "Why are you dressed like you're from the '80s?" And I go, "Because I am," <laughs> <laughs> which is technically true. I lived through the whole decade. Uh, so, 
So that was entertaining. But yeah, there was a ton of people there. And then um, they you just didn't know that the 80s lasted forever. They do. Dude, Christopher Cross could have told you. Or, or sorry, Jimmy Messina has told the Christopher Cross. The, so they tried to do. So the set wasn't exactly the same. They did a couple different things. And the one thing of note was they tried to have this keep on rotting in the free world sing along where it's that thing where they play the song and then they get to sort of the break. And and so the drum beat keeps going and then they do the talking mm-hmm. and then they bring out. I don't know why they this I don't understand the connection here or why this guy they thought he should participate in a musical performance. <laughs> OK, because it was H.R. Geiger's manager. What? So first of all, not a musician <laughs> and his manager. <laughs> so this dude, less. I don't know. Seems like a cool dude. Whatever. He comes out and uh, and so they do this like have everybody go, you know, keep on rotting, keep on hoping, like do the thing. And it it was the total train wreck from uh. every, because the, it was bad and the crowd wasn't into it and it went on for too long. <laughs> it was just it was an, I would say it vied for the embarrassing low point of the set. And the only reason there's contention for this is because there was a drum solo, which, as we all know, is universally a bad idea. Like, a drum solo is one of those things where you're having technical difficulties. So the drummer can bang on stuff while you try to get that amp working again. Like, look, at this point in my life, uh, I have, you know, negative... If I start to hear, like, the drummer kind of play some groove but it's not really a groove because mm-hmm. there's clearly excessive syncopation on it and then i see people start to leave the stage yeah i'm like no no well, don't do this to me don't do this to I've, me. I've pretty much seen every drum solo i ever want to see for the rest of my right. life it's it's really just it's like a clinic okay. or something but that's, right, unless you, you know go what you're in go, going into knowing like all i'm gonna see is drum playing right. and right. you've prepared yourself there for are, that there are certain yeah. cases like there's certain types of bands especially ones where like Playing like like I get that like you know Vi occasionally gives uh well it used to be Mangini or Virgil Donati a drum mm-hmm. solo because a they're really really good right b you're already at a Steve Vai show like you're you came it, for some wankery wank. like you're yeah. not gonna be like why is Vi just fucking playing a bunch of notes now and it's not even a song it's like you're just gonna be like oh yeah Steve <laughs> do it show that guitar oh boss. yeah um we but, need a soundboard of that like oh yeah, yeah. Steve do it <laughs> <laughs> you put it along with a jazz wolf howl yeah. <laughs> speaking of the jazz uh mm. the next show we went to well I went to with me you didn't go which one uh herbie hancock oh correct so i think this was like right after cargus yeah it was a robert glasper experience and herbie hancock so if you've listened to the show before you probably know how most of us or maybe probably all of us feel about the jazz the jazz the jazz the jazz music uh i really like herbie hancock i gotta say i I got no arguments there let me clarify that though because i have a very uh my stance on it so my thing is, I don't... Hold on, the app looks frozen. Okay, bro. Cool. It's fine. Um, I, I we start talking about jazz and the thing just yeah. doesn't... It's, right. it's, like, right. it's like, oh, dude, come on. Okay, this is my thing. I don't listen to jazz, right? right? And I, can't, I don't mind hearing some jazz. 
I actually would prefer well, to hear it in a live context. Except when you get if jazz there in your are, eye. Right. If there are good <laughs> jazz players. Everywhere. Right. People but, who aren't repetitive, right. like and Herbie Hancock. And, I almost feel like my, like if I really wanted to be a dick about it, and at some point I will, uh, it's like. No stopping you. Right. I, I really just going to start just being like, look, man, the only real jazz is live jazz. And when it's not happening, why would I want to listen to jazz on a record, man? That shit's dead. That's over. Mm-hmm. That shit happened in the past. Like, which Get with the now, you know, learn a which few, is the worst thing you could say about jazz. Right, right. So all I got to do is learn a few, like, you know, Miles Davis-isms, you know, mix them mm-hmm. in with that. And then I can go around talking about how I don't listen to any fucking jazz. But I will play some jazz with you. If you're not an if it's asshole, real smooth, yeah. Or if you pay me, jazz chords. <laughs> but right, but so spot, that's why I, I, I like to use rock. I like to use jazz the jazz, mm-hmm. preferably in a not purely jazz context. Like uh, I like the jazz when it is and it informs other types of music, like yacht rock. But when you get to straight up jazz, you start to get well, you know, you get a lot of bullshit. And you get a lot of just oh yeah stuff that people have to be really on board with from the get go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, in case you didn't know about in the jazz. In case of jazz. Break, <laughs> break in case of jazz. Oh, that's a good one. So the show is in Prospect Park. It was really good. I mean, I, I have nothing really funny to say about it. It was, it was a good show. If I had been less lazy and it had been, or less money or something, I don't know. I almost went to that. Yeah, I, I would have like, gone too, but it was 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah, right. And well, how, so how was the sound for being outside? Really fucking good. It was good? Yeah. Did they have... Did they just have line arrays at the front, or did they have flyers, like, throughout? Both. Oh, okay, yeah. Because that's, that's, like, in Chicago at Millennium Park, where they have... Mm-hmm. That is literally the best outside sound system I've ever heard. But it's really hard to to get right if you don't have mm-hmm. overheads, yeah. And then the next day, uh, I had to travel up to Buffalo. So I didn't really see a show. <laughs> I went to work at a comic book convention, which is a whole other side story. They hired a video game band... To play five sets a day Wait, five? for two days. Wait, five a day? Five a day. They played ten sets? Yeah. Did they, was it the same set ten times? Yes. <laughs> yes! Right. So I had to sit through this. And they, they literally could not go through four bars without a wrong note. Oh, nice. And these are like songs from like Mario, Castlevania, like Legend of Zelda, stuff that stuff everybody, everybody knows, knows so and that's yeah. getting it wrong. The whole point of it is it's recognizable, right? But but wait, were they like a synth pop band or were they like a metal band or what? They were a jazz band. Oh, nice. Right. Uh, So they had like a bass player, a drummer, and a guy with like a cheap keyboard, like a $100 synthesizer. Yeah. Well, I got to make... The MIDI patches were awful. I got to make this point because people miss this a lot of times. The, The... the song to Super Mario, the one everybody knows, it's a jazz bop tune that's just been slowed down. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think they were called Glitch. Uh, and I think they're from Western New York. <laughs> which described right, their which style. Perfectly <laughs> describes <laughs> what they were playing. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 10 sets. It might have been eight. Uh, it, it, was, they, they it was mix, at least six too many. They would move the songs around sometimes, but they were the same song. Oh. It, was, it was quite bad. So they only know one set, right? But they got hired for a lot but more. But were than that. The, were people into it? That's what I want to know. How what is the crowd reaction? I don't think the crowd noticed because, like, <laughs> so so it's like a dealer's room, so people are moving in and out of it. They're not there all day, so they catch like a set, maybe two. Mm. The dealers were flipping the fuck out. <laughs> they were like, "I can't sit through this. This is fucking terrible. <laughs> this is garbage." 
It was oh, pretty bad. Did these guys get paid? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, they they had a sweet be, deal. Yeah. They made more money than the dealers there. Guaranteed. Well, w- then let's form a really terrible right. video game band. It's an easy gig. We can tour with Ben. Yeah. <laughs> we'll open for Power Glove. Yeah, we but can we'll, open for Power Glove. We'll just select really weird, specific tunes to play, and then we'll play them like... Like progressive death metal style or like black metal or something oh, yes. but when they're not supposed to like we'll just really mess around right they'll be like i don't know what games you guys play it's like <laughs> castlevania tunes in the style of blood must be shed you know <laughs> who's gonna do the waz <laughs> uh so was the next show periphery no, the, no. The next oh. show we went to oh, um, Shinobi Ninja. Oh, oh actually, right. that's wrong. No, I went to yeah. one other show. So this was like street theater musical. What? It, it was a street theater performance, but it was a musical. What street was it on? Oh, this was actually at Coney Island. So they oh. did a bunch of shows around the city. Their last one was actually yesterday. The theater for the new city every year they do some street theater thing. It's really bad every year. Uh, and this one's called election selection or you bet. <laughs> and just imagine if like a crazy hippie from the seventies who was drugged out, wrote a bunch of like political material into a musical. Ooh. Yeah. I had to sit through this. <laughs> was the, was the, was it typical musical music though, where it's like sing songy and happy yes. and has like a major key intro yeah and regardless badly done. of what the song's Ugh. about and the lyrics were like nonsensical and at times borderline racist <laughs> so the the cast is like not feeling it and you could tell <laughs> they just really needed the paycheck right, they need the gig right right is quite a sad state of affairs and it was outside of coney island yeah which was weird because the crowd was into it like i even i, I talked to some <laughs> of the people in the cast afterwards and like we never get this kind of crowd reaction <laughs> Like there were a ton of people there just hanging out. Some homeless guy like wandered <laughs> through the stage like during the during <laughs> one of the piece, bits and was like dancing like drunk with his cane. They were like trying to shoo him off the stage. It was, it was they were really like, no, bad. that guy's solid gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is totally part of the act. He was being a dick. But uh, yeah, that was that was some show, man. Uh, they should feel bad. <laughs> yeah. They probably did. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like, like they did. The there's did. there's stuff ahead of, of the show. And then I think the next one was uh, the show Shinobi you went to, right? Was it? You went to that show, right? Shinobi Ninja? Yeah, Avengers. yeah. So, okay, the main thing with Shinobi Ninja. Okay, so uh, if you don't know uh, from listening to the podcast, uh, I, I went to the University of Wisconsin the same time as uh, the two twins in Shinobi Ninja, Mike and Dave Machinist. Um but if you want more detail than that, go listen to the old episodes. Uh, well, I know you won't. And <laughs> so uh, anyway, they're a really good uh, like hip hop, rock metal, you know, hybrid kind of act. Uh, they they blend it well and they reference, you know, uh, they reference metal and hip hop that I like as opposed to 